take the time now to sit in meditation and to develop our hearts. So some people, when they come to practice meditation, they try to use the word Buddha, Dhammo, Sangho, and it just won't stay with their minds. So what they can do instead is contemplate on the characteristics of anicca, dukkha, anatta, constancy, stress, and not self. So I was asked the question that, is it okay when we meditate to contemplate these three characteristics? And that's fine. And that's also a means of bringing our minds to peace. So we can look at these characteristics within our bodies, and that there are of the nature to change. So this is displaying the quality of anicca, that they start off strong, but over time they become sick and weak. So it's inconstant in this way. And also, with our brains deteriorating over time, then our memory also degrades. So this too is showing anicca. So we use our reflection, our thoughts in this way, to bring about peace. And so we just ask, we can ask ourselves, well, how um, can we bring that about in our hearts? What if means is effective for us? For some people, they look through the 32 characteristics of the body. Um, so like hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth, and skin. Okay, so Loma, Naka, Danta, Tacho, and Pali. So maybe they just take one of these characteristics. Perhaps um, bones have some significance for them. They may have some memory with regards to bones. Or for other people, it may be blood. So whatever it is um, that's useful, we use that um, as the focal point of our hearts um, to recollect those things. And the nature, the true state um, of the mind is that of stillness, that it has this unblemished and bright, pure nature. Um, and it doesn't proliferate or um, give rise to, to different stories and things. Um, but when the mind experiences an aramana, a sensation, um, then it turns into the kanda, one of the kandas. And so the five kandas then appear. It's like when we feel something, then this is the Vedana kanda. And there's also uh, sanya, sankara, vinyana. So memory is a part of, or forms the sanya kanda. And this depends upon our brains. And so the mind it um, relies and uses the brain upon the brain, relies upon the brain and uses the brain. Um, but we go and attach to these things. So like when the mind thinks of something, um, it gives rise to this inner narrative that may be positive or it may be negative. And even though the heart is actually bright and pure and unblemished, and goes and attaches to all of that as being me and belonging to me. And so stress arises within us. <clears throat> so if our minds have 
um, mindfulness, and they're firmly established in samadhi, then when they experience one of these aramanas, um, we'll get to know that and understand it. So this developing of um, sati, of mindfulness, is like um, developing an immunity to these things. We um, raise the uh, efficacy of our immune system. So our bodies need an immune system to protect them against illnesses. And likewise, our minds need um, this firm sati within them um, to protect them. And uh, this is what allows the mind to separate out from the sense objects, is sati. So we see one of these objects coming in. But if there is insufficient mindfulness, we'll attach to that. And then the mind goes off into all kinds of things. It starts hating, it starts loving, it starts fearing. So we do need to establish our mindfulness well. And we do this in the way that is suitable for our characters. So for some people, when they meditate, they experience inner rapture. And then this can display itself within our bodies in many different ways. Maybe the body will expand. And at this point, some people can become quite scared, but there's no reason to fear this. We see that it's just um, a phenomenon that is occurring at the time. So the energy of our heart can show itself in different ways. But this is just a matter of um, samadhi. It's not something that we should fear. And perhaps um, the tears will flow down our cheeks or our bodies may expand. They may grow very, very tall and it feels like uh, they may even go through the roof. And this is what happens when the mind comes to a state of peace. It can be a great sense of inner coolness, just like we're sitting in an air-conditioned room. And the, the shows that the mind has gathered in, has collected, and this coolness especially um, collects around the heart area. It may be so cool that we actually feel cold. And then when the air temperature cools down, then we can feel really quite cold at that point. So this coolness um, shows that the mind has this sati. And at this time, the practice can be quite, become quite easy because we have this strong immune system that can fight against the sense impressions that we experience, separating the mind out from them, seeing that the mind is one thing and these ramana are something else, and that there's not, they're not self, they're not me, they're not mine. It's natural, however, during the day when we're lacking in mindfulness, that whenever a feeling comes up, we'll take it in terms of self. So there's a feeling, and then there's this narrative that happens. And this narrative is always giving rise to me. It's always giving rise to an ego. But if the mind is still, then it goes back to its natural, peaceful place. But when there's this proliferation, there's always a self. So this giving rise to self, this becoming, this birth, during one day it happens uh, very 
a large number of times. There's always this me and mine. And it just takes our eyes to see a form and already a self arises. So now that we have this opportunity to sit in meditation, training our minds to become still and peaceful, we allow them to experience an emptiness from self. We have this peace, um, a joy and a happiness. And it's that joy and happiness that gives our minds energy, the energy of samadhi. So we take that and we use it um, to gain knowledge. We see, we gain knowledge into the self. Um, We understand the things that we attach to as a self and perceive them as not-self. So for those who can understand and have seen that the self is not-self, what that means is that they've understood the truth, this truth of anicca, dukkha, anatta. And it means that they've seen their true self. So today and every day, we all see ourselves but we attach to it. And what that means is that we haven't actually seen it clearly. We're perceiving it through the lens of delusion. So we're not seeing into our true self. For those who have um, understood the nature of self and the nature of non-self, it doesn't mean that they can just do anything that they want. They also need to have their actions based in sila, in virtue. So this training of samadhi is something that gives us great benefit. It's something that we can use in our work as well. So there may be times when a husband and wife, are um, they both are practitioners, And the wife uh, can sit in meditation and experience stillness. Um, But then during the meditation, she thinks about her work as well. The husband says, well, this isn't right. You should just bring the mind to stillness. But really, both of these ways are correct. This stillness, it brings benefit to our lives. And from that peaceful place, we can then think about Uh, the duties that we have and what we have to deal with in our work and um, it can become clear. So some people have panya, this wisdom that leads their lives and their practice and they think a lot but if they think uh, too much then that's not good and the mind will just be unsettled. So they do need to bring their minds into a state of peace as well to establish samadhi firmly. And if they do this in the end, then they will experience this inner coolness and quietude. During the day, um, it may be difficult for them to stay with the chant of Itipiso or the meditation word of Buddha. So they should just try to be mindful of whatever work it is that they're doing, to have mindfulness with the body. If they're moving about, then they are mindful over those movements and try to bring this up throughout the day. And during this present time, it's actually very easy for us to cultivate mindfulness, that the situation we're in is helping us in this way. That when we leave our house, we have to make sure we have our um, hand wash with us 
that we also bring our mask as well. So the COVID virus is actually helping us to increase our mindfulness, that we talk less than we had before, um, and that we don't gather together into groups. And so this helps people to be able to meditate more. And because we're not gathering together so much, the aramana, the sense impressions that we experience, are less. So for those people who practice meditation, this is a good opportunity now um, for us to, to meditate. In India, at the um, monastery that joins in the evening sessions, um, they just told us that there were 13 of their novices that had contracted the COVID virus already. So this COVID, it's not interested about whether someone is a monk or a novice. It doesn't care. And this virus has changed the whole world already. So therefore, we need to train and to cultivate our minds well. And we see this changing nature all about us. And we can ask ourselves, well, where does this sickness come from? It arises within the body. It's born in the body. That these bodies are forms that are filled with sickness. So we must train our minds and get them to know the Dhamma. And that we're able to come to know the Dhamma is because of the Buddha. And if he hadn't gained awakening, then we wouldn't know anything. We would just take birth into life after life without end. So this cycle of sangsara, it goes on for an extremely long time. And we don't know when we first came into it. And the Buddha said that when he recollected his past lives, um, he just saw birth after birth after birth. And he wasn't able to perceive the beginning of it all. And so for us, um, if we don't attain to Magapala and Nibbana, to the path, the fruits, and to Nibbana, and the mind is constantly imbued with greed, hatred, and delusion, then we'll be spinning around in this cycle between birth and death. And the mind just takes on another birth, and then dies again, and then another birth, and then dies again. And it does this constantly, without end because the mind isn't destroyed. The mind takes birth into another form, and then this grows old, and then this dies again, and this happens over and over. But it's not actually the case that it's the same mind that does that. Really, the mind also is born and dies. The state changes like this. So sangsara lasts for a very, very long time. But our work is to try to make it shorter. And the way we do this is through walking the path of sila, samadhi, panya, a virtue of samadhi and of wisdom. And this is the only way of going about it. It's the only way that will be able to take us to gain victory over greed, hatred, and delusion. So we can see that with the sicknesses that we have physically, so like this COVID virus, and maybe they'll create a vaccine. But then when they do that, another virus or another illness will arise. So really there's just no end to it. 
So therefore, we do need to follow this path of practice. And we understand that if we don't gain a body, then we won't have to experience any sickness. Or devas, they don't experience illness, and neither do Brahma gods. And the highest of all of this is Nibbāna, where the mind reaches purity. And there's no sickness or illness there. There's just this pure happiness, and everything is complete. Some people don't want to go to Nibbāna because they think that there's nothing there. We have to understand that that's not the case, and that if we have anything, then that will be a cause for stress. If we don't have any desires, then the heart is cool. So it's like people who have a lot of wealth, thinking that that wealth will bring them happiness, but really it becomes a cause of anxiety, and they have to take great care They're very afraid that it will get destroyed or that maybe someone will come and steal it because many people have eyes on their wealth. So it's not the case that this money brings us happiness. And for those who work hard to gain a lot of money, then when that leaves them, then they suffer due to that. So some people, they gain a lot of wealth in in this life and then it all gets stolen from them, and um, they experience a lot of anguish. So when our wealth deteriorates, um, then we suffer. Even though we may experience a kind of happiness that comes from this wealth, it's not actually a true happiness. There is happiness in this world, and it's something that we need to depend on initially, but we should also be cautious around it. And we maintain our wisdom in our hearts to look after them. So it's just like we use a fridge to um, look after a piece of meat to make sure that it doesn't uh, rot. And in the same way, we need panya as wisdom caring for our hearts.